Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hello there, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here at Wellness and Waterlust. This show is all about taking ownership of our lives and health through small but powerful steps. I am so thankful that you've joined me here today, and I'm really excited to share this episode with you. It is a really fun one. This week, we have a special treat for you as we welcome the incredible duo, Mark and Angel Chernoff, to the show. You're probably already familiar with Mark and Angel through their blog, Mark and Angel Hack Life, and their many best-selling books. Mark and Angel are renowned authors, speakers, and most recently, the creators of the Good Morning Journal, a powerful tool designed to help you start your day with intention and positivity. In this episode, we dive deep into the transformative power of morning rituals, discussing how the Good Morning Journal can enhance your mindset, productivity, and overall well-being. Mark and Angel share their insights on cultivating gratitude, setting meaningful intentions, and creating consistency in our habits. I'd like to thank Laird Superfood for sponsoring this episode. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I'm always on the go and looking for quick lifestyle shifts that can make a major impact on my health. That is why I love Laird Superfood products. I'm a big fan of their functional mushroom coffee with chaga and lion's mane. It's a great way to boost my energy for the day while getting a lot more out of my cup. All Laird products are sustainably sourced and thoroughly tested to ensure that you're incorporating the cleanest, finest fuel into your routine. They offer a variety of snacks and supplements full of wholesome plant-based ingredients to keep you charged for wherever life takes you. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LairdSuperfood.com slash Wanderlust and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code Wanderlust at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. All right, my friends, now let's dive into this week's conversation. Hi, Mark and Angel. Thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust. We're thrilled to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you, Valerie. Well, I'm so excited to have you both on. When I shared with listeners through social media that you guys were coming on the show, they were very, very excited. And you guys have a lot of amazing work out there. So many of our listeners are probably already familiar. But for those who are not, why don't you introduce yourselves to our listeners and just tell them a little bit about how you got to where you are today? <laughs> sure. I can give you the quick elevator pitch. <laughs> um, so we're Mark and Angel Chernoff, and we uh, run the blog Mark and Angel Hack Life, uh, which was started all the way back in 2006. So that's like historic in the, uh, or prehistoric, <laughs> should I say, in uh, the, the blog era. And blogging actually isn't as cool as Instagramming and uh, TikToking and Snapchatting these days. But um, our journey started, we started our blog as a public accountability journal for some of the hardships we were going through at that time. So we were in our mid to late 20s at the time. And, you know, had never really had any significant hardships or losses in our lives. I mean, we had lost grandparents and so forth, but never anyone that was more our age or incredibly close to us who was passing away or, or struggling out of order. But in 2007-ish timeframe, we started running into some significant issues. The first was, you know, just the shift in the downturn of the economy. So Angel lost her breadwinning job. We were a newly married couple at the time, so there was a lot of financial stress that came onto our young family. And then as we were trying to cope with this, Angel's older brother died by suicide, unfortunately, deeply heartbreaking. 
And within two weeks of that, we lost a mutual best friend, Josh, to cardiac arrest uh, at the age of 27, but it was driven by a severe asthma attack. And so we were incredibly close with him and his wife and their two kids. And all of that, again, just sort of happened back to back to back. Um, the, the two deaths were actually incredibly close. Um, so we, you know, as a newly married couple, you know, instead of turning to each other for support, we kind of turned against each other. We were not having the conversations we needed to have. We were not supporting each other in the ways that we could support each other. And we were in kind of denial about the grief and the struggle that we were going through from all these different angles. And we both fell into what eventually was sort of diagnosed as, you know, mild to moderate depression. And so the therapist we saw said, hey, listen, there, there's hope, of course, right? People struggle. Um, but you guys have a lot of rituals in your life that are not serving you. And they, and, he, and they were right, right? We, we were turning to substance abuse, um, you know, just alcohol. Um, we were just numbing ourselves with binge watching television. We were basically distracting ourselves from the pain and grief and struggle that we were dealing with instead of turning to it, right? Focusing on moving through it. And so what we discovered was that we needed to shift some of the rituals in our lives, not just starting new things, but actually replacing some of these negative rituals that were just band-aids and kind of our philosophical way of sweeping the pain under the rug and replace them with positive rituals. One of those rituals um, is why we're talking today, which is journaling. Um, but there are other healthy rituals that we can talk about as well. And so we started this, this journey of blogging and writing about the things that we knew we needed to do, right? That our better judgment knew, our logical mind knew, but that we would just go right over our head in those moments of struggle. Um, and so Mark and Angel Hack Life or MarkandAngel.com was started as a public accountability journal. Like, here's what we're going through today. Here's what we're feeling. And here's what we know we need to do for ourselves to move through this period of our lives. And again, that, I mean, that's a, a long time ago, again, back in that 2007 into 08 timeframe. And from that point, I mean, you know, the blog kind of started as just a place for us to write for ourselves, but people found it, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff started taking off social media in general took off and people found the blog and, um, you know, left us comments. Hey, I resonate with that. I'm going through this. What do you think of my story? And so it turned into kind of a, um, a public support group, you know, where we, we brought people together. We hosted uh, free, you know, coaching sessions to get people talking to each other. They weren't so much coaching as it, again, as it was kind of community. And from there, you know, it, it turned into books and, and audio programs. And eventually Penguin Random House gave us a book deal almost a decade after that. Um, and one of our books, Getting Back to Happy, hit the New York Times bestseller list back in 2018. And Angel and I still pinch ourselves because we didn't, you know, we didn't intend to be on this journey. This was definitely, we'll call it accidental entrepreneurship or even accidental authorship based on the pain that we were going through and, and the story we were living. That is an incredible story. And it's a, it's a theme that I find a lot of times on this podcast and with many of the guests that we have is that turning pain into purpose and finding that meaning and figuring out how we can use that to help other people. So I think that is amazing that you were able to not only make those changes in your own lives and use that accountability piece, but then to also pay that forward and to help other people who are struggling. Because when you're struggling, it is a lonely time and it really can be. And I think one of the worst things we can do is really isolate ourselves and not share or not have somebody to talk to in those moments or to give us those insights. Absolutely. And it's so tough, like when you're going through one of those seasons to see that that will help you get to where you need to go, right? Or be the pivot that you need in your life to go down a different path, right? But looking back, 
you can, you know, Steve Jobs said it best when he said, you know, you can connect the dots looking backwards, but you can, ne- you can never connect the dots looking forward, but you have to continue to take one step in front of the other. You, know, you have to trust those dots behind you, you know, and, and again, it's like none of us would choose pain and hardship as, as the way, but that's life, right? Life is actually filled with those kinds of twists and turns in our journey. And it's not saying, hey, this is what I would choose if given a choice, but it's saying, hey, this is the reality, right? You look at those dots going backwards. This is the reality of the journey I, I had to walk. Like, what can I learn from this? How can I grow through this? How can I use what I'm learning to make a difference in both my lives and the lives I touch? So, I mean, it's always been a, a goal of Angel and I, you know, and, and I like as we've gotten a better handle on it. And it's it's one of the reasons we ultimately decided at some point to, to pursue this work full time because we felt like it, it mattered, right? That helping people and, and making a difference. And like you said, making people aware, which I think our better judgment knows, but we forget in the heat of those really tough moments, we're not alone, right? We're, we're yeah. actually all in this together. Um, and a lot of us understand each other at those fundamental levels of, of struggle and, and loneliness and so forth. Oh, 100%. And it's so funny, my episode that came out this week, our guest was talking about feeling terminally unique. And I think that's something that we all deal with where nobody else could possibly understand what I'm going through. But when you actually talk to the people in your life or reach out to community, they do. And you'd be surprised at how much and I've been surprised at how much that vulnerability and sharing and having those conversations has built my relationships and it's improved my life in so many ways. Yeah. Wish I didn't have to go through it, but. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I couldn't agree more, right? Like you said, pain and hardship, uh, we want to isolate, but we do group coaching and just having that community, we can see ourselves in other people's stories. And it's a reminder that we're not alone, right? Even those who don't want to be as vulnerable in it with a group of people, just sitting there and being present and listening to other people's stories, remind them like, like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one going through this, right? Yeah, 100%. And something that, you know, you kind of touched on a little bit as we're talking about going through these difficult moments, and this is 100% a conversation. I, I always say this, I have the conversations for this podcast when I need to be having them. It's always something ends up happening in my life where I'm like, wow, this is it's divine timing for sure. But when you have that difficult moment in your newest book, and I would love to talk more about that, you're talking a little bit about how we strive to gain control. And there's only so much control we have. It's over the way that we personally are dealing with it, but we can't really control the circumstances. And I'd love to know a little bit more about how that resonates in your life and what some of the things are that you've done and some of those practices to to take that control back for what it is that you can do and to accept kind of in the serenity prayer, but to accept the things that you can't. Absolutely. One thing, again, that we logically know, but we do forget in those tough moments is that, you know, there's a lot we can't control. And a lot of our pain comes from our resistance to that very truth right? We expect life to be easier than it actually is, right? We expect the road to be straight, right? That like getting from point A to point B is going to be the straight line. Logically, we know better, but we just, it, it always surprises us. Those twists and turns and curveballs they surprise us. And so it's, it's about grounding, right? I mean, that is really on a day-to-day basis. It's about grounding. It's about knowing in your heart and reminding yourself that we are not responsible for everything that happens to us in life. But we are responsible for undoing those self-defeating thinking and behavioral patterns 
that those circumstances create in us. And one of the easiest, we'll call it, ways to access that clarity is through grounding practices, right? So, you know, it's like in a world of, of things that you can't control, you can decide to sit down and close your eyes and focus on your breath for five minutes, right? A simple meditation, right? That's something that you can control. You can control how many reps you're going to do on this particular set of exercises at the gym, right? Yeah, there's a physical benefit to going to the gym, but the mental benefit of being able to control something for a short period of time in an otherwise you know, chaotic world, right? Maybe on a chaotic day is incredibly grounding. At a simpler level, maybe just making the bed or washing the dishes or watering the plants, right? In your house, just bringing some, some presence and focus towards something small that you can control. Doing it once or twice like that, you know, it, it, it yeah, calms you, but being consistent with that, having the ritual of, of those kind of practices in your life helps ground you, helps you see, you know what, like there are little things that I can control. And then you can use that presence to, in, you know, to step into things that are of, of deeper value to you. And that's kind of the key, ground yourself and then use that presence to step into the next you know, moments or the next conversation you're having with a family member or a work colleague or something with more presence, right? Putting your whole heart and soul into that moment, even though it might not be the thing that excites you the most. Yeah. It reminds me of the analogy that we use in our Getting Back to Happy book about being blindfolded and being thrown in a pool. Um, so imagine you're blindfolded, right? Uh, you can't see and you get thrown into the deep end of a swimming pool. Well, what would most of us do, right? Most of us would resist where we are and we would splash frantically, right? Trying to figure out where we're going, how to get to safety. We'd be resisting where we are, right? And so by resisting where we are, being blindfolded, splashing, looking for an edge that is not there, we could possibly drown in the midst of trying to find that edge that's nowhere close, right? Not knowing that we could accept where we are, realize that we are in a body of water and we can just float, right? And so leaning back, floating, and then once we're accepting where we are, what do we have control of? We can gradually move and shift and get to that edge, right? Like, we can float again. So much comes from our resistance to where we are, right? And the wanting to control things that we can't control, but rather what we need to do is accept where we are and then gradually take those steps to get to where we need to be. Right. It gives us the power, puts us back in power, right? Even though, no, we don't want to be pushed in that pool, right? Mm -hmm. Philosophically. Yeah. We don't want to have that blindfold on us, but but when we hit the water, we actually had all the tools we needed. Like Angel said, all the tools we needed to center ourselves, to be right where we are so that we could, in a safe way, get to that edge of the pool. But, you know, our, our immediate reaction, and it's just a good philosophical example for other surprises that occur in our lives, our immediate reaction is to resist that circumstance, right? And and what we do is we drown in the process of that resistance. And it's, it's something that, again, with grounding, 
um, exercises and having the regular practice of doing this in little ways in your life, you can you can bring more of that awareness into those surprise moments and you're just better equipped to, to handle those surprises. Yeah, it, like you said, it gives the power back to you, right? Right. Like the grounding exercises are what can you control? And the, each of us may benefit from different grounding exercises, right? Um, but the point of the exercise is just to bring presence into what you can do in this moment and, and have control over, right? For Mark, it's like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym, right? He has control over pushing the weights. For me, it's like, all right, let me do the dishes or do the laundry. Like that's something I can do right now when I am feeling overwhelmed and out of control. Yeah. And one that Angel and I have always used, again, is the practice of journaling. Right. Just not denying those thoughts and those feelings. Hey, I'm going to ground myself. And then if, if, if something's still bothering me, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to acknowledge it. It doesn't mean I have to sort through it forever, but I'm going to take five minutes and I'm just going to write down what's in my head and heart. I'm going to reflect here a little bit and I don't need to coach myself or judge myself for having these thoughts, but I just want to acknowledge them and get them down. And then if I feel so inclined, I can go back later and address it. But acknowledgement of that, again, can be grounding. It's, it, it's, it's an important part of the equation, especially if, if you're, let's call it in a, a longer term season that, that's filled with a little bit of struggle and stress. Well, I think that journaling piece is so huge. It's something that I've struggled at different points with getting into a consistent practice with, and it's something I'm really trying to cultivate a lot more of in my life now because I find it's it's all energy that's swirling around. And if I can get that out on paper, if I can get that out somewhere, that's oftentimes half the battle just allows me to even think through what is it that I'm feeling and experiencing and not just having these very confusing, intense emotions and not really working through them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's definitely a common, you know, fallacy in human thinking is that if I ignore it, it'll go away, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's just how we, that's how we do it as human beings. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of benefit to focusing on gratitude, right? Our journal, the Good Morning Journal, which is our, our newest publication, like you mentioned, our newest book slash journal out. Um, is not so much focused on just the, the, the happy side of things. It's actually focused on both, right? So because we think that while there's absolute benefit to, you know, sitting down at the end of a day and reflecting on three good things that happened today, it's it's also important to acknowledge that we're multidimensional and, and our lives are multidimensional and there's there's difficult moments too. So having some kind of prompt or space to reflect on the things that are troubling you or the things that you're working on improving, right? Or... Um, just realizing and, and, and being able to see that although you're not there yet and you're, you're resisting, again, wanting to be right where you are, the steps that you're taking are necessary, right? And you are making progress and being able to have a place to reflect where you can see just a, a little bit of that progress is important. All of like, like life is just, again, it's, it's multidimensional. It's, it's full featured. It's real. Um, so it's important to, to reflect in that way where you're looking at both sides of the equation. Yeah. I think it just allows you to make sense of things a little bit more and looking through, I, I started the journal and even just thinking about things I need to embrace in myself. I was given a very difficult decision to make on a short turnaround time. And while I don't know how that's going to turn out in the long run, just even knowing you know, even just getting out my thoughts on how I handled it and how proud I was of how I handled certain aspects of a situation that was very, very difficult for me and kind of 
again, making sense of many feelings I had swirling around that rather than kind of pushing it down and being annoyed that I had to deal with it, but rather, okay, I dealt with it. What did I learn about myself? What did I uncover? What What's next for me in this? And yeah, it, it made such a difference for me and it, and it always does. And even just there are days where I know that I, I have a lot on my calendar and to think like I've, I've had days where I ended up journaling about kind of an intention I had for getting through the day with everything kind of and and when I did start out with that positive intention or when I did start out with that time of reflection things came a lot easier throughout the day it was easier to handle if there was something you know if there was a shakeup or a challenge or something like that so I think there's so much value in it. It's something I need to be more consistent with myself. And I'd love to know for you, because this is one of those grounding practices. Talk to me about the role journaling has played in your life. And if that was part of that 2007 time period, but how how it's transitioned into your life overall over the years. Yeah, absolutely. During that dark season, it was important what we learned for us to journal what was going on in our head and heart, right? Um, Because I think so often it's hard to articulate our feelings and our emotions and our thoughts. And I think during that season for us, it was important to get them down. And by bringing awareness, and this is actually a practice we have continued to use, by bringing awareness to our thoughts, we're able to ask ourselves a series of questions about like, is this true? Right. Because what we think we often see. Right. Like we make sure like our thoughts are accurate. So we're going to prove ourselves right based on what we're thinking. Like everything first begins in our mind. And so by bringing awareness to where we go and what we're thinking about and then questioning those thoughts, right? Is this all that is true? When I think this thought, how does it make me feel? If I could never think this thought again, what else would I see? Right. So journaling has been eye opening for knowing where we go and what we're thinking about during certain seasons of our life. And the journal, the good morning journal that's out now, this is a way of providing thought-provoking questions and powerful prompts to kind of set the tone for the day, right? All of them aren't heavy, right? Some of them are light, but it plants the seed of a topic and a mindset to step into the day. And so it's really healthy and eye-opening for each of us to put that in perspective, right? To plant these prompts and then step into the day thinking about them. Right. And I think the beauty of this too, I think in both of you are saying this, is that the action of journaling in the moment helps you in the moment, but also looking back when you're feeling more calm and collected and just without feeling like you have the pressure of, hey, right now I need to journal or right now I need to get to the next thing. um, And kind of reflecting back on what you've written in your journal can be incredibly empowering, right? And And to Angel's point, that's where you can then challenge some of what you've written down. So like you've got some, some content there that, that's about how you were feeling in that moment, what you were going through on that day, what you were up against that morning, maybe even. And you can put a different perspective. You can look back and you can just reading through it will give you some perspective, you know, like maybe there was a pattern in that week of how you were feeling and you can learn things from just seeing the patterns, right? See, seeing, putting that more calm, collected awareness of today against something that was troubling you or something that you were thinking or, 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 or you know, worried about maybe a week or two ago, 
Um, and then you can challenge them to Angel's point, which is something Angel and I always do, which is like just simple questions, right? Just again, just to bring perspective and like, what else is true besides this thing I'm looking at? Knowing that, hey, when I'm when I'm in, a, in the heat of a moment, I have tunnel vision. And yes, it doesn't mean that that thing's not true, right? It could be a true thing that's happening, but there's more to my story and my life than that tunnel vision of what I'm focusing on. So what else is true? Like, like Angel said, like, is this all that's true? <laughs> when I think this thought, you know, who am I? How do I approach a day? How do I treat myself and others, you know? And, and yeah, absolutely. It's just perspective is everything and grounding ourselves through the, again, the regular ritual of that kind of perspective is important. Yeah. Well, I'm always amazed because I think we think we know ourselves so well, but we get, we do get stuck in these patterns and find that maybe we're not living in alignment with who we are. I, you know, something I've been struggling with recently I was speaking with my mom and she said, actually, when you were like, I believed one very specific thing about myself. She said, actually, when you were a child, this is how you handled this, this and this. And this was what before life and bills and all of that got in the way. And it really got me to thinking and reflecting on, well, how would that version of myself react and realizing that maybe this vision I have of who I am and how I quote unquote always handle things doesn't necessarily have to be true. And there is that room for growth and for change. And for you guys with the Good Morning Journal, I think it's so amazing just having having this practice. Talk to me about how the journal works, how readers should go through it and just the types of questions and prompts that, that they were looking at. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in doing our research in why some people journal, but there's also a lot of people that resist journaling, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons that we found that most people are resisting journaling is because they think they're going to do it wrong. <laughs> and that right there is so interesting. Like they think that it's got to look a certain way. And if they can't commit to like, 30 minutes of writing something down that's heavy, then, oh, they're not going to do it. And so I really love this journal, um, the Good Morning Journal, because there's no right or wrong way. Um, there's no dates in it. So you don't have to beat yourself up if you accidentally skip a day. Um, but it's just powerful prompts. So mo a lot of our readers that love our work, um, they love the little nuggets of wisdom or quotes or affirmations that we're constantly posting on social media or on our, or on our website. And so it's filled with powerful quotes throughout the book with mixed in with some articles and also some prompts. So, you know, just to give you an example of some of the prompts. One of them is, you know, what is your happiest childhood memory? What makes it so special? And, and so that's one of the examples, but you can also flip through the book. You don't have to do the prompts in order, right? You can flip through it. You can find a question that resonates with you that day. Um, another one is, what do you want more of in your life right now? What's the simplest way to get a little more of it? And again, I love these questions because they just plant the seed, right? And you can journal something, whatever comes to mind, or, you know, you can also use it as a conversation starter. Like, you know what, this is a question I'm going to ask the people I interact with today, whether it's at work or whether it's with my family members, you can just use this as something you think about throughout the day, right? What do you want more of in your life right now? Again, what we think we see more of. So by planting that seed, right, we're going to be on the lookout 
for like, hmm, I'm going to sit with that today and see what comes to mind. And again, a lot of these questions I love to, you can use them like if you're having family over or company over and just use them as conversation starters to have conversations that have a little bit more substance and you're able to get to know each other better. Yeah, we've always done that too. It's, it's kind of funny. All of our journaling and the prompts that we've written for ourselves have always acted as both, right? Something that we do when we're in solitude, when we're just trying to self-reflect. And then something that we've, we've actually used with our son and, and family, just as conversation starters. And I think I agree with Angel that this book is filled with a lot of those exact kind of questions. I think journaling as a, as a practice too, just to answer a little bit more of your, your question, Valerie, maybe one of the, the biggest hidden benefits of sitting down with a journal like this is that it's not labeled by date, like Angel said, right? So it doesn't have to be an everyday thing. But you want to have a, a consistent, a generally consistent, a few times a week. You want to be able to sit down and have a journaling practice. The space to, to write is, is small. So we're talking about, a, you know, a paragraph or two, right? Like small answers reflect more than you have to sit there and write for hours. You don't have to do that. But, but the practice of having something consistent like this that you do in your life, it feels good from the sense of accomplishment too, right? Like all of our little rituals, and this goes for everything else that we have in our life. Earlier, we talked about like, you know, grounding rituals. One of the hidden benefits of doing this beyond the incredible self-reflection that we have, feeling a little bit more sense of control and presence is that we gradually learn ourselves, right? Especially if we're kind of struggling, we learn, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm able to make progress here, right? I'm able to sort of finish and continue on with what I started wow, I can look back in my journal and look at all these entries. No, I haven't written every day, but but I've written quite a bit, more than I even remember, right? And seeing that feels good. And again, you gradually, like if you're going through one of those seasons where, you, where you're not feeling like enough, where you're feeling like you're falling a little bit short, having a place that you can turn, like, and it could be even looking back in a calendar or planner, right? The little things that you've accomplished, but having a place to, to reflect on not just what I need to do going forward, but what I've reflected on and accomplished and been working on is important. It's a way to restore faith in yourself. Your daily rituals are really a vehicle, right? If you're paying attention, if you're giving yourself credit where credit is due, right? Which is, hey, I'm doing the thing a little bit at a time. It, it, it really becomes a grounding exercise that allows you to actually restore the faith that you once had in yourself, that you've maybe lost a little bit of track of in the busyness, haste, and, and complexity of life. So that's just, I wanted to mention that as a side note, that I think that that's one of the absolute core benefits. And it's maybe a, hit, a hidden benefit, an underspoken benefit of, of journaling as a ritual, but also as just doing the little things consistently that matter to you in your life. I love that. I think it's such a confidence boost sometimes. A, to know that you're, you know, being consistent with a practice. I think when you're going through a difficult time, it really is hard to say, I'm going to commit to doing this every day or a few days a week, and it can feel a little bit out of control. And I think also to know that, you know, not only are you putting this time in for reflection, um, but when you do reflect back on what's written there too, it can be so eye-opening to see, like, when, when I see some of what I've done on paper, even though it would be great if I remembered that on a day-to-day -day basis, but I don't always. And sometimes to see on paper, oh my gosh, yes, I did do that. Or I did believe that, or I did get from point A to point B and how amazing that is and, and how, how much growth you experience through these challenges, even if you're not recognizing it in those moments. So I, I really love the idea of using that practice for those multiple benefits there. Yeah. And you know, day by day, it feels like nothing's changing. 
But when we look back, we realize so much is different. And so many of these prompts in here give you that time to do some self-reflection, right? To give yourself credit for where you are today. Um, and so it really is giving you that ability to slow down and get to know yourself better. Which is something, yeah. something inherently we know we probably need to be doing, but we just, again, you know, life, life gets, uh, you know, away from us. And that's, that's why we titled the, you know, the new journal, the good morning journal, because we do think, as you mentioned earlier, Valerie, like if you can set that good foundation, um, in the morning and it doesn't have to be the early morning. We don't, you know, not everyone's an, er you know, an early morning person. But just generally at the beginning of your day, like if you can mm -hmm. kind of ground yourself and again, bring your whole heart and soul into the moment, reflect for a few minutes and then and then take that presence into the next thing you do. And we found at least in our personal lives that it just makes a difference, yeah. right? It really think, does. Yeah. Think of it as a practice that fills you up rather than another responsibility. I have to check off the to-do list, right? Like what, what fills this up for me? I enjoy my, you know, espresso machine and having my latte first thing in the morning with the journaling. So it's something that fills me up, not just another obligation. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think, again, this is such an important practice. And it I love the prompts that you have in the book and just the different nuggets of wisdom. And one that really stood out to me, and I think this ties into a lot of what we've been talking about, too, is that concept, I can't remember where it was in the book, but of living life as a bystander. And I think it's something that we end up on autopilot. And I've certainly been guilty of this. I'll kind of go with the flow and wherever the wind takes me. And then you end up in a place or in a decision that you're not happy with and you're not even sure where you decided. And I'd love to know how some of these practices, how we can not live life as a bystander. Yeah. Well, I think, again, that's the power of self-reflection. So surely there's a lot, as we've said, that you can't control in life, but there's also a lot that we can, right? And, and our power is in not resisting the things we can't control. It's putting our focus on the things we can right? Mm -hmm. And not pressuring ourselves to be any further down the road than we are right now. So we have to embrace where we're at. Um, the self-reflection itself becomes a vehicle to notice some of those twists and turns in the road that we may have not even realized we took. Like you just said, right? Sometimes we, I go with the flow and, and going with the flow is a good thing on, on, on some levels, but you also have to have some boundaries to that flow, mm -hmm. right? Because you can go with the flow of life, which can be generally healthy, but it has to be within the boundaries of, of what matters to you, what your high priorities are, um, what, you know, within the boundaries of what you love and who you love and who you care about. Um, so we, we have to have boundaries. Like and, and that another big fallacy in human thinking is all or nothing, right? That it's all this or it's all that. Most things happen, as we know, in the gray area. But that's where boundaries come in, right? Like I don't want to be all with the flow of somebody else's agenda or all just in flow with whatever life's doing to me at that moment. I also want to have some boundaries that bring me back to the middle so that I'm flowing with life, but at the same time, you know, navigating it with my, my own personal rudder. Because that's how, that's how success and failure happens, right? The consistency of that. We as human beings, we, we over amplify the importance of those big defining moments in our lives. And we underestimate the importance of doing the little things, right? The little rituals on a daily basis, because that's how, again, success and failure happen in the same way. You know, if you're thinking about a business that's failing, you'd say, okay, well, this business owner failed to check the books, you know, the accounting books. They failed to listen to their customers. They, they failed to innovate. They failed to check their support email. 
right? And at some point, the business fails, but it wasn't one big catastrophic event. It didn't fail on the day the business failed. It was from all those little things that they didn't do or that they did do. Such is true in life, right? And, and success happens the same way. It, it's not just one big defining moment. It's all the little things that you're doing that move you in, in, in the right direction. So again, we, we want to say, how, how do we, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, right? Like, when Angel and I were stuck in that dark period of our lives, we realized that a lot of the rituals, a lot of the things that we were doing on a daily basis were actually moving us further away from progress and growth and healing. Um, and what we needed to do was not start a bunch of new stuff and slam it on top of what was already there. We needed to prune out some of the rituals that were not serving us, being really real with ourselves and say, what is it I want to change in my life? But maybe more importantly, what am I doing consistently that's actually got me stuck where I am? And again, that goes back to self-reflection. We can't see that if we're not reflecting. But once we can get real with ourselves that we're actually doing things consistently that aren't serving us and aren't moving us in a positive direction, and in fact, keeping us stuck in situations we don't want to be in, then we can say, I can let those go a little. I can make room for more positive rituals, like, like journaling, maybe an exercise practice, maybe it's a job search or whatever it is, right? Or even a relationship search. Like I can start or just investing more in the relationships that matter, but I can start some new rituals with the time that I'm saving by not engaging in certain things that I'm doing by default. And I, again, I don't necessarily choose to do these things that are negative, but we get stuck in these default patterns and we don't even realize we're doing them. So that's, again, self-reflection unearths that and brings that to our awareness, which allows us to make a lot of healthy shifts. Yeah. It's something, I think a lot of times we get stuck because it's the devil, you know, and you think, well, at least it's a painful thing, but it could be worse. And so I'm not going to make the change. And you had a line in the book that was something that it really, it really has resonated with me deeply lately about stop holding on to what hurts and start making room for what feels right. And it sounds like this type of practice really allows you to start making that space. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and like you've been experiencing, we put labels on everything, right? Like you had one experience that maybe I identified you as this person. And rather than saying, hey, sometimes I do this, you now said, hey, I am this and this is all I ever will be. And therefore you go into every interaction and decision-making labeling yourself as this person who is X, Y, and Z rather than, oh, sometimes I do this, but there's way more to the picture than that one moment. Yeah. And we don't see it because again, it, it, it's happening at a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. It's it's that feeling of not enoughness that a lot of us struggle with, right? And we we do we take those those few dark moments or, or difficult moments, and we we somehow subconsciously like plaster them all over yeah. all over our, our, our. We use it as an umbrella to label yeah. everything, and it, that that's not accurate. It's not all that is true, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's why again, the self reflection can help you see that. It's, mm -hmm. It helps you. It helps you broaden the focus, right? We won't go back to that tunnel vision. We all have tunnel vision as human beings, right? Especially when we're, we're under stress or under pressure or something. We're just going through a busy season. But having that, that dedicated time, even just five to 10 minutes a day to do a little self-reflection, again, it doesn't even have to be every day, but a few times a week, it does help. It helps you broaden that focus so that you're, you're saying, hey, okay, yeah, there's a lot of real stuff that's in my, my focal point here that, that is real, it's stressful, and I'm, I'm, I'm moving through it. But there's also a lot of other things in the periphery. And being able to see this stuff in the periphery too is helpful, right? Like that, hey, yeah, I made this mistake, but I'm not just a person who makes mistakes. I've also had a lot of great successes, right? So again, it's like 
all or nothing thinking. We've got, we got to bring ourselves back to the center. And journaling can definitely yeah. be a tool for doing that. Well, and these prompts, again, I go back to, they help you get to know yourself better, right? So they help to bring awareness to some of the things that you've forgotten that you're capable of or the growth that you've achieved over the many years. So it, it really is amazing to bring awareness to some of these hidden thoughts and accomplishments that you don't give yourself credit for. Yeah. Yeah. I found that a lot of times just when, when I do journal that it almost opens me back. It's almost like talking to another person and getting that other perspective that not exactly outsider, but you're having to approach yourself in a different way and through a different lens and all of the things that your friends might remind you of, or that you may, again, like seeing seeing what you've done on paper and being able to evaluate it in that way, it makes such a difference and it provides so much clarity. Even just in a leadership class not too long ago, we were writing out our values and what we wanted to be known for. And it was something that kind of opened me back up to some things that I had forgotten about and I had lost mm-hmm. sight of. That It's amazing to to be able to get that clarity in a way that is if somebody were to ask me, are you living your truth? And are you, what is your brand? And that might've been a difficult thing to, I think for a lot of us to wrap our minds around, but then to really be getting intentional and getting deeper into some of these specific questions and really reflecting on it, it, it gave me again, so much, so much clarity and so much self-knowledge that is allowing me to make different decisions. Yeah, I completely agree. And again, I, I think the true beauty and the whole practice of that kind of self-reflection occurs when you do it consistently, right? Mm-hmm. Like in, in a day we have a few ahas, but the power again happens in what we do consistently. And, and that's how human change occurs. Uh, maybe the silliest example of that would be like, if, if the three of us here had a, I don't know, let's say a, a plate full of donuts for dinner tonight, <laughs> or on the flip side, a salad, right? No matter which we, we had, we'd wake up tomorrow morning being the same people we are. Physically, we'd be exactly the same. Mentally, we'd be the same. You might have a little bellyache from eating the donut that shows that, but we generally be the same. Now, that's an isolated incident. If we did that every day for the next six months, if every night we had a plate full of donuts or some of us had a salad, we would be very different people. Like those that ate the salad versus those that ate the donuts would be different. Um, and even ourselves, if we compared ourselves for six months eating a salad versus six months of eating donuts, we'd be very different. Because again, that's the power of consistency, right? Like there's a compound effect to the things that we do over time. Mm-hmm. And so I think the same is true for the practice of journaling or any small positive ritual in your life. Like you do it once and you, you'll have a few ahas. You'll, you'll have a, a, a moment of sensation on some level, but that's not the true beauty. The true beauty is, or, or the true power in something, and it can be negative as well as positive, is what happens over the course of three months or, or, or six months. And they say a human being right now, I think the most modern research is 66 days, right? Like they used to say it was 21, but they 66 days to form a human behavioral habit, something that we as a human being identifies with. So like even thinking about journaling as being something that you would embrace in your life, don't expect yourself to embrace it by default in the first few days or even the first couple weeks, right? Like a human being takes about 66 days now, they're saying, to really embrace a human habit, like to, to identify with a process. So you're not going to really be in flow with this for a couple months, right? Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Again, just moving through it, you're, you're going to find yourself. You're going to start to identify with it. And when you do, like Angel said earlier, you're going to find yourself, we promise, like actually enjoying it. Sitting down for Angel is sitting down with her lattes and, and doing the morning journaling. Um, I like tea. 
but it's like, you're going to find your way. You're going to find your rhythm. Maybe you want to journal a little bit later, you know, in the morning, it doesn't have to be first thing in the morning, but either way, it's going to take a little time before you find that rhythm, but it's beautiful when you do. And again, knowing yourself to be consistent with something feels really good also. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, you know, this all reminds me of a quote, I think it's Aristotle, but I've heard other people attributed to, but that we are what we repeatedly do. Mm-hmm. Excellence is a habit, not just one act. And it's so true that, you know, and my dad would always say, what you do today isn't going to show up for X amount of time. Like you have to keep building and doing it and not expecting an immediate result, but to take that time to really allow it to sink in and to have that long-term effect and that long-term thinking. Any other tips for just in general with journaling, really cultivating that practice and making it a consistent one. Just to piggyback off of what you just said, you know, another quote that I love is how you spend your days is how you spend your life. And so same thing, right? What we consistently do, good or bad, right? will compound and will add up. So yeah, I love that too. It reminds me like it's not, again, Mark mentioned that in the beginning of our conversation is it's not one big defining moment, but the little things that we do on the daily. And so yeah, journaling for me, again, I think it goes back to making it something you enjoy, right? It doesn't have to be, am I doing it right? Or another obligation. It is something that can be enjoyable, that can plant the seed for what you're thinking about going into the day, how you see yourself, how you see others. And so again, I make it a part of my morning ritual with my coffee. I sit down and again, for me, it's thought provoking. It makes me think, but then also I use that question to ask others that I interact with throughout the day, because it really, it's different than the the weather, right? Oh, how's the weather? What do you got going on this weekend? Like, how are you? Like the, the questions where there's just, sometimes there's just no substance, right? And so these questions really break through and again, help you get to know yourself a little bit better and others. And so removing or even asking yourself, what is my resistance to journaling, right? Maybe the term journaling just sounds heavy. It sounds like I've got to write a diary entry, right? And it doesn't have to be that. So maybe even, you know, changing the word journaling, right? Like, oh, this is my my writing practice or this is my me time. Just slowing down and making it me time, so. Yeah, I think, and that's, I think that's the key right there is that it doesn't have to, like you having a little slice of time on your calendar daily for yourself, mm-hmm. for self-reflection, right? You, you have your journal in front of you and you know what? If for some reason the pencil never hits the paper, that's okay. But just having that 10 minutes in your life to just think, to just be, to just reflect. Maybe it's a little planning. Maybe it's a little journaling. Like that should be something that's consistently yeah. baked into your well, life. Well, I think that's a great point that Mark brings up is even opening this, like if there's the resistance to like writing with a pen and paper, like in this journal, maybe it can just be reading the prompt and making it a practice just to sit still and slow down for 10 minutes and thinking about that question. Or even maybe do a voice memo. It, it can journaling can look like however it needs to be for you. But the goal here is to really slow down and do some self reflection. Right, that's the key. Do do it in the way that works for yeah. you. But you want to be able to 
give yourself a little extra perspective. It doesn't have to be groundbreaking, world-shaking, earth-shattering mm -hmm. perspective. But again, that perspective comes in time with the power of ritual. So having a consistent practice of giving yourself a little thoughtful perspective on your life and where you are and the accomplishments that you've made and the things that you're up against and how you're stronger than you sometimes give yourself credit for. I mean, all of that, again, it compounds and it, it allows you to look into the periphery on those days when you need to look into the periphery the most to access the wisdom you need. So yeah, I'd say don't label it, don't pressure yourself, but just create that space for yourself. Maybe even have that space on your calendar every day, like a little 10 minute window that is just for you for self-reflection and self-care. I love the idea of carving the calendar space. I live by my planner and all of that. So I, I really do love that. But I also, you know, I think those are all really great points. And I also love the idea, and I hadn't thought about this when I was reading it, but about just using these prompts to start conversations with the people in your lives. I think so often, I don't know how many times I've been to an event where there's the icebreaker question, but it's the dreaded, just tell me something interesting about yourself. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> But something like this where you could actually hone in and it can be a meaningful conversation. I think that's amazing. And I think that that can really open up, especially, you know, sometimes maybe in those icebreaker situations. But then, of course, with family and with people that you care about, it's an interesting question and conversation to be having. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think the power of questions is great. A lot of times there are no good answers. <laughs> you know? There are no good answers. There's just really great questions. And, and, and that's the key. I think the, the more we can get into the practice of self-inquiry, getting used to just asking our, ourselves questions and each other questions, again, that's where perspective comes from. I mean, we might not have all the answers, but that's not the point. The point is to be willing and open to looking at things from different angles. Uh, who knows? There might be one right answer, right? Maybe that's the reason there's no good answer, because maybe there's many good answers. Um, just because I'm right doesn't mean you're wrong. We can both be right in our own unique way, you know. But I, I do think that the the willingness and the to to be open to asking questions again it opens us to seeing things from different angles, and that that makes all the difference, um, especially as, as life throws us again those curveballs from time to time. Yeah. Well, I think that the work you guys are doing, I mean, it's so amazing. I'm very excited about this book and just excited to get myself into this practice. Before we get into where listeners can find the book and a little bit more on that, I would love to ask you both a few rapid fire questions we ask all the guests as well. Sure. Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so what is your favorite self-care practice right now? For me, it is a float spa. Um, have you ever heard of a float spa before? No. Okay. <laughs> well, let me tell you about it. So a float spa, and you can just Google float spa in your area, and it's floating in 10 inches of water. So imagine a bathtub, and it's filled with a thousand pounds of Epsom salt, and you float effortlessly. And so they have these places called float spas and you go there and you float in this pod. Again, it's like a bathtub. You float effortlessly um, and you float there for 60 minutes and it's a form. There are benefits, physical benefits for your body and your joints. But for me, I do it for mo mostly for like my mental health, because the idea is you you're there for 60 minutes and it's a form of meditation for me. And so you're there for 60 minutes minimum. And the reason it has to be 60 minutes is because it usually it takes 20 minutes just to quiet down our mind. And this space, doing this float spa for me every other week, this has been a practice that I have been doing 
for a couple of years now, and I cannot recommend it enough. And I am so surprised that so many people are unaware of this, but it's just a form of self-care and meditation for me because I'm in this space for 60 minutes. I'm giving myself permission to be in this space without like checking off my to-do list or running the errands or being go, go, go. But I'm forcing myself to slow down and be in this space. And again, with meditation, you know, recognizing my thoughts, witnessing my thoughts without attaching to them and letting them go. And so it's not so much the act of that hour that I'm in the float spa that I love the most, but afterwards, I have so much peace. I have a good idea of what I can control and what I can't control, right? I let a lot go. I'm less irritable. I'm more calm. And so for me, it has been a self-care practice that has been so beneficial going forward. That just brings me so, so much peace and patience that I highly recommend it for everyone. So it's something that I've implemented in my life and I don't foresee myself uh, slowing down or stopping anytime soon. It has made a world of difference for her. And I've done it. I've done it with her a few times. Um, It's not, I don't think it's for everyone. Um, I see the benefit for her. And even while I'm in there, I, I, I love it as well. Um, I just don't feel as drawn to it, but I've, I've seen the absolute positive ripple it's had in Angel's life and even how she shows up for family and, and everyone. So it's, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, I think that's the beauty, right? And is finding the thing that works for you. My, on my end, it's simple, right? I just, I, every single day I get at least 45 minutes of exercise in. I have since I was like 16 years old um, and I'm 41 now. So it's, you know, just always been an important thing for me. And, and like Angel said, as much for the, the mind as we've talked about as it is for the body, it's just very centering. Yeah. Oh, both of those are great. And I will definitely have to look for that. I love an Epsom salt bath. And so to do something like that, I mean, how incredible that is. And then the exercise, of course, it's so important for every area of life. So definitely both great self-care practices. (laughs) And I'm going to have to see, yeah, if there's a float spa somewhere nearby. Just Google float spa and your zip code and I'm sure things will pop up. Um, there, it's one of those things. It's not well known, but the people who know about it usually love it. <laughs> they're, they're super relaxing spaces too. Like they're very like spa esque, you know. Yeah. Like a simplified little spa. Yeah. And it's it's like yeah. Again, it's it's a super relaxing practice for yeah. sure. And there are there's so many other benefits too. Like it, you're already familiar with Epsom salt, so Epsom salt is really good as a de stressor, also to help you sleep, also really good for like joint and muscle pain. So again, there are also a bunch of physical benefits too, in addition to the the mental health. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Now for each of you, if you have a one word theme for the year, what is that word? One word. What's yours? For me, it would be presence, the here and now. So much of my stresses come from thinking or planning something in the future or dwelling on something that happened in the past. Um, And so for me, my word of the year is just presence, you know, being more present, being here, being here and, and, and being present, being now. So which, which is, again, that's such a simple thing, but not easy. You know, being present is is a hard practice if if it's done consistently. So I agree with her hundred percent. I'll throw another P in there. How about progress, presence and progress, just again, noticing both forward and backward, right? Like having something we're working towards that's small and consistent and also having a way of reflecting back and giving ourselves credit where credit's due for the progress we have been making. 
both great words, both great P words. And it's something, you know, the, the presence, that's something that I have struggled. I think many of us struggle with. It's so easy to get kind of distracted and start to focus on what could happen or what has. And instead using, you know, with the progress piece, like using it as more of a reflection when we're not like getting present in the moment. But then if we're going to be focusing one way or another, then focusing on using that toward that betterment toward that growth. So I think that is both, both are great words. My, uh, my final rapid fire for both of you, um, what are you most looking forward to right now? For me, we have a bucket list of checking off all 50 states in the U.S. And we only have 10 left. And this summer, we are checking off two. So this summer, we will be checking off Delaware and West Virginia. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to that as well. And um, I think a a slower paced but adventurous summer. I think, you know, we're, we're only in spring right now, but we're just back in rhythm. And I think I'm excited for that. Just because of COVID and, and everything that occurred over the last few years, Angel and I were definitely thrown a little bit off rhythm. Um, like we, we hold an annual uh, conference, like in-person conference called Think Better, Live Better. And we put it on hold for a couple of years. So we already, we did that less than a year ago for 2022. And we're, we're gearing up for, for you know, what the next one looks like. And just this summer, it just feels like already some of the plans that we've got and some of the things we're putting together, um, some of the things we've even done this springtime already have just been a little bit more normal, <laughs> a little bit more, a little bit more in flow and in rhythm. So that just feels good, you know, and I'm, I'm excited for how that's going to continue uh, to progress in the, uh, the months ahead. I think just getting back to that sense of normalcy and the, the last few years have really thrown us off course in a lot of ways where I know I have no sense of time anymore. I never know if it's been, it, it may have been 10 years of this whole thing, or it may have been, but in all honesty, yeah, there's, there's so much where I've either been putting things on hold or trying to fill in everything at once now that we can go back to some of those things. And so that is nice to get back to a little bit more of that normal, that normal way of living. But I think that those are awesome things to be looking forward to. Now for our listeners that want to connect with you and learn more and who would like to learn more about the book as well, where can they find you and connect and find the book? Yeah. um, You can find the book everywhere books are sold, whether that's Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your favorite local bookstore. It's called the Good Morning Journal, powerful prompts and reflections to start every day. Um, So you can find the book there. And you can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And also, you know, you can subscribe to our email newsletter um, and that you can just go directly to our website, markandangel.com. And that's Mark, M-A-R-C. And sign up for our newsletter. We are constantly pushing out new content, new articles two to three times a week. And so those get delivered directly to your inbox. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's still, it's kind of funny. It's still our core is just writing on the blog. So we're writing short stories about things we're going through variations of things we're helping uh, with via our coaching groups, uh, other people going through stories we've heard and just how, you know, hopefully some, some fresh insights on life and, and the, the, the realness of it and the fact that we're not alone. Um, so yeah, like Angel said, a couple blog posts per week delivered via email. So I would say just Google Mark and Angel and you'll, you'll find us up there. 
and uh, check out our work and see if it's something that resonates with you. Wonderful. And I'm going to make sure to link all of that in the show notes as well. And I just would love to thank both of you for the work that you're doing, for the conversation that we've had today. I'm very excited to get into these journal prompts and yeah, for sharing your time and your energy with us. Well, we appreciate you and appreciate being here. It's an absolute blessing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in to this conversation with Mark and Angel Chernoff. I was so excited to have the opportunity to chat with them, and I'm a huge fan of the Good Morning Journal. I love the prompts in the book, so if you haven't snagged your copy yet, make sure you do so because the book is out now. I loved chatting with Mark and Angel. Our conversation left me feeling inspired and really wanting to embrace more intention in my morning routine, which is actually very fitting because my one-word theme for the year, for those who don't know, is actually intention. So there were a lot of action takeaways in this episode and I'd love to know what resonated most with you so drop me a line let me know what you think and what you're looking to incorporate next don't forget if you enjoy the show if you enjoyed this episode leave us a rating and review on apple podcasts or wherever you're tuning in from it helps us continue to bring you amazing guests like mark and angel and it helps us reach more people and make an even greater impact please make sure you share this episode with your friends family anyone you know that's looking to start their morning with purpose and with positivity thank you all all again for being a part of this community and I can't wait to catch you next time.